0: This is Dr. Marnie Peterson. I am the outreach coordinator for the Antimicrobial Stewardship Project, which was launched last year by the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. A component of this project are podcasts with global experts in the field of antimicrobial stewardship and antibiotic resistance. Today I have the pleasure to be speaking with Professor Celine Pulcini from the University of Lorraine in Nancy, Florence, in France about her just-published manuscript in Clinical Microbiology and Infection, where she and her co-authors describe the necessary funding and human resources for supporting antibiotic stewardship teams. Before we begin our conversation, and a little bit of background about Professor Pulcini, she's an expert in infectious diseases, and she has authored more than 140 publications. She's very active in the European Society of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Diseases. She's involved in studying antibiotic policies and educational initi- initiatives, including serving as an editor for a newly published book titled Antimicrobial Stewardship. She was also a member of the Program Committee of the International Congress ASM Microbe and is also Associate Editor for Clinical Microbiology and Infection. To highlight all of her accomplishments, she was awarded the Best Young Researcher Award from the European Society of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Diseases, ES- ESCMID, in 2017. So with that brief introduction, Pro- Professor Pocini, thank you so- for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. As I mentioned in the introduction, you've been heavily focused on establishing policies related to the appropriate use of antimicrobials, and specifically antibiotics. The manuscript that we are discussing today was a collaborative commentary between you and your co-authors from around the globe, and you focused on antimicrobial stewardship. I would just like to, before we begin, for you to explain the importance of approaching antibiotic stewardship from this global perspective.
1: Yeah, thank you for the question. That's a very important one. Bacterial resistance is a global problem, and bacteria know no borders. It's therefore, I think, crucial to improve antibiotic use in all countries. And there are also wide variations between countries regarding organization of care and culture. So it's very important to plan from the start solutions that are applicable at global level. That's why we wrote the commentary with many different people coming from all over the world. So if I can introduce my co-authors, we have Chantal Morel from Geneva. She's an economist. We have Evelina Taconelli from Germany, Bojana Beovic from Slovenia, Katja from Germany, Hermann Gussens from Belgium, Stephen Harbart from Geneva in Switzerland, Alison Holmes in London, UK, Philip Howard in Leeds, UK, uh, Dr. Morris, Andrew Morris in Canada, Dilip Naswani from BISAC in Scotland, Mike Charlon from uh, London, UK, Jeroen Schouten from the Netherlands, Karen Thursky from Australia, Ramanan Laksinarayan is an economist working both in the U.S., U.K., and in India. And finally, Mark Mendelssohn from South Africa. So a very nice bunch of experts from all over the world.
0: Yes, these are global thought leaders. I'm curious as to why you and your co-authors decided to write about this topic, the necessary human and financial support for stewardship. Why did you feel this was so important? because I think everybody doing
1: the the work on a daily basis knows that without antibiotics stewardship teams in place and sufficiently staffed, we won't solve the problem of bacterial resistance. And all authors of this commentary face lack of funding for these teams in their everyday practice. But what is really, I think, surprising and very shocking is that there is a total lack of awareness of this problem worldwide. So we feel that the priority today is given to new antibiotics and new diagnostics, which are of course important, but they will not solve the problem of antibiotic resistance in the long term. So we really feel that it's time we are serious about improving antibiotic use, and we can't achieve this without a sufficient number of well-trained experts that are part of antibiotic stewardship teams with a sustainable, dedicated funding.
0: Absolutely. And to establish kind of some of the framework that you wrote about in the commentary, uh, in 2017, a survey was sent to, to members that, that represented 26 different countries. This was a part of the, the ESKMID study group for antimicrobial stewardship. And in that survey, you inquired about antibiotic stewardship staffing recommendations and the list of core activities these antibiotic stewardship teams were engaged in around the the globe within these 26 different countries. And you wrote about this in the commentary. I'd like you to describe to some of our listeners the findings of this survey and some of the observed differences.
1: Yeah. So we found four interesting things. First, we found that staffing recommendations or standards only existed in five out of the 26 surveyed countries and that was in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, and the Netherlands. Second, these standards only concerned hospital antibiotic stewardship teams, and only in high-income countries. Even though the vast majority of antibiotics are prescribed outside of hospitals and in low- to middle-income countries. Third, the list of core activities antibiotic stewardship teams have to implement are very different from one country to another. With some countries including only supervision of the antibiotic stewardship program and not the everyday implementation of actions, such as ward rounds, advice for multidrug resistant bacteria, and so on. And these countries also usually don't include basic pharmacy or microbiology or infectious diseases services in their standards. And finally, as a result, and also probably because of different healthcare systems and the organization of care, staffing figures vary a lot between countries. And we found wide differences from two recommended full-time equivalent uh, per 1,000 hospital acute care beds for the all antibiotic stewardship team to almost seven full-time equivalent for the all team per 1,000 beds. So that's really a large variation that is explained by a variety of factors.
0: Absolutely. So you you further then go on to describe in the manuscript uh, two main actions that you feel are required to meet the human resource needs for antibiotic stewardship across these countries. There's what you call a need for staffing standards, and then obviously uh, to identify sustainable funding mechanisms. So just to talk a little bit about these staffing standards and how we would set these across these different countries, across these different practice settings?
1: Yeah, so that's tricky. Actually, we don't know yet. We, we have ideas, but we feel that this should be further explored in details in a dedicated research program. And that would need a multidisciplinary researcher team, actually. So the goal is to have minimum standards for the whole range of essential antibiotic to activities. And we feel that it should include supervision of the program as well as daily implementation of activities in hospitals and the community. And, of course, this should be applicable to low to middle income countries and high income countries. So That's not so easy to do. So our impression is that the easiest first step is probably to start with hospital-based activities and to reach consensus on the list of core antibiotic stewardship activities and then to come up with standards, with figures, uh, with full-time equivalents per capita, for example, for the all-antibiotic stewardship team.
0: Can you speak a little bit about what you, what you, f- you believe would be some of the examples of core antibio- antibiotic stewardship activities? that might be uh, universal across different countries?
1: Yeah, there are quite a number of them. It it could be supervision of the program. So,
0: for example,
1: having guidelines, uh, being sure that these guidelines are implemented, having, uh, you know, monitoring of resistance and antibiotic use, and it should also uh, be – that should also include daily activities. For example, giving advice for multidrug-resistant bacteria and so on, so the idea would be to have a literature review to compile to inventory all these core activities, and then to have a consensus within a broad range of experts from around the world to come up with a consensus based actually core activities list
0: and and a follow on to that with the staffing requirements. did you find in the survey that the teams depending on the the high income countries versus the low to middle income countries that the the actual practitioners or clinicians that were engaged in antibiotic stewardship differed? A physician versus perhaps a a nurse or a pharmacist? Yeah, it's only based on the
1: author's um, view perspective and some papers in the literature, but yes, the composition of the the team varies a lot from one country to another. Usually in high income countries it's It's usually infectious diseases specialist plus microbiologist plus pharmacist as a core team. And then in other countries, it can be also nurses, community healthcare workers, People trained in infection, but not especially pharmacists or infectious diseases because they are not available. So we need to take that into account and to be flexible. That's why we are talking about the all-antibiotic stewardship team when we talk about standards, because each country has then to adapt the composition of the team.
0: So then the second component of this, there's the staffing standards and some of the core antibiotic stewardship activities, but also then the sustainable funding mechanisms and Just to describe a little bit about you, highlight this in your commentary around you cannot tie the antibiotic stewardship activities to lowering costs. they have to be tied more to patient safety and quality of care and just again, yeah yeah, we feel that's really
1: important because that is so risky actually. to to be tied to cost savings, it's not sustainable, because at some point you cannot decrease further the amount of of cost of antibiotics. So we feel that antibiotic stewardship teams must receive sufficient, dedicated, and sustainable funding, as it is the case for hospital infection control teams in most high-income countries, actually. So we feel that it's really risky to tie funding to cost savings, it's too uncertain, actually. So antibiotics should be part of quality of care and patient safety programs, just like infection control programs are.
0: Well, and also you noted on your team that you had economists on your team that were uh, part of the process of determining the the actual amount of support would be necessary to, to sustain these programs. But then also, once they start to become implemented collecting the actual data necessary to show that you're meeting your endpoints.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important as well, but difficult. But, yeah, it's part of the plan.
0: And the other the other, I thought was interesting is the other point to note is there's been obviously attention around developing new diagnostics and new antimicrobials, <laughs> but really this is an effort to not only help preserve those new antimicrobials and antibiotics that are coming onto the market, but preserving the ones that we've had uh, in use and in practice for many years. And so some of these resource allocations are, are not only we, we spend time highlighting the development of new antibiotics, but also just as much of the resources should be potentially allocated to preserving those that are actually being used in the clinical setting. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole idea. You really got it well. Yeah. And that's probably going to have to come from, you know, bringing together different countries and making this, this is part of this global uh, initiative and collaborative process. Yeah. process exactly. Yeah. Helping to facilitate and lead. Can we just, before we end our podcast, can you talk a little bit about some of your global efforts uh, within, uh, not not only within the European societies but also within the World Health Organization around around the topic of antibiotic stewardship
1: oh many
0: things are going on and
1: WHO has been very very active So they have released the essential medicine list with a categorization of antibiotics into three groups. And I think that's really helpful for, for stewardship because you have access antibiotics that should be available because we have availability issues for many existing antibiotics. And you also have the watch and reserve groups that are useful to focus your stewardship efforts and then they are also planning a stewardship framework and many many other initiatives for point prevalence surveys, community of practice. So they have been very active, I think, and they have done many many interesting things.
0: That's terrific. Um, so we appreciate all of your efforts at that at that global level. So my final question, then, basically returning back to to the commentary manuscript. So what what are your next steps with your team of, of authors? And where are you going next with this? And how can our listeners, uh, that are many of them are clinicians and practitioners, how can they help to contribute to your global efforts? Yeah. So our wish actually
1: is to conduct an interdisciplinary research project to first come up with minimum staffing standards for antibiotic stewardship teams that can be used globally. Then to estimate costs in low- middle-income countries and high-income countries. And then finally, to identify potential funding sources to support health systems to cover these costs. And for everybody who is listening to us today, they can, of course, contribute with research and also with raising awareness about this issue because usually policymakers, directors, they don't know that we lack funding for hospital, and community, antibiotic stewardship teams. And then I think we all must, be advocates for this at national level, and it's quite easy to come up with national standards for antibiotic stewardship teams, and I think that would be a starting point for a more global work.
0: Right. Well, we look forward to your, free, your future work and publications, and I also uh, encourage our listeners to also um, refer to the, the textbook, the book that you uh, were the editor of, that Esme published um, pertaining to, with the title, Antimicrobial Stewardship. So that, that book as well is very much a how-to for uh, implementing um, and managing antimicrobial stewardship programs. So with that, uh, Dr. Pusini, I just really want to thank you for your time today to discuss your work as well as the, the work of your colleagues in leading global efforts related to funding and standardization of the basic and core antibiotic stewardship activities across the globe in all all healthcare settings. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.